0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, Steeler Nation. I hope you've had a fantastic week. Today is another big day. Today is another game day. As your Pittsburgh Steelers will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and TIAA Bank in Jacksonville this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, I'm your host, Daniel J., and this is State of the Steelers, where we talk about what is the current status of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where do they stand in the NFL and the AFC North, and we try to answer some of the tough questions. Today's topic is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers' future Now. I believe or I still think you can hear the chants of Kenny, Kenny, Kenny coming from Shore Stadium still. <laughs> what a debut. What a debut indeed. And I find it kind of funny that the um I guess the temperature of the fan base is kind of changing a little bit. You know, I wrote an article for Behind the Steel Curtain not too long ago referencing the possibility that Kenny Pickett should have to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers early. In the 2022 season. Now, I still think that the Pittsburgh Steelers come week one against the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go in to Cincinnati with Mitch Trubisky as their number one quarterback. But with that being said, I do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have give every opportunity to Kenny Pickett to show what he has in stadiums in an NFL setting to determine if he'll be ready to go at any point during the 2022 season. You know, Mike Tomlin came out earlier this week and basically confirmed that tonight's game will have a uh, Mitch Trubisky starting with the number ones, Uh, Kenny Pickett coming in with the number twos, and number three would be uh, none other than Mason Rudolph. Now, with that being said, you know, there's been a lot of talk that perhaps Mitch Trubisky shouldn't start this game or or should sit out that he, the Steelers saw what they needed to see in him in week one, and I don't think that's the case. Mitch Trubisky wasn't out there with the ones, quote-unquote. You know, out there, well, lack thereof on the field was Najee Harris, Pat fryer Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I reckon to argue that Mitch Trubisky wasn't playing with the full ones, and given the amount of players that were out due to in, in the skill set position, uh, this was just a glimpse at what Ms. Trubisky can do. So if the Pittsburgh Steelers fully intend on having Ms. Trubisky come in week one, then he needs to build some some chemistry with his first team offense. I anticipate Ms. Trubisky playing more than a quarter. I anticipate him playing roughly about four, maybe five series, depending on how the offense does. And the reason behind that is he's new to the team. Yes, he has a, a, uh, a resume of being a pro quarterback, but at the end of the day, he hasn't started a professional football game that counts in over 20 months. And with that being said, he needs to, you know, catch up to the game speed as well and be familiar with this team and the players that are on this team. In my opinion, if we start to pull snaps and potential game experience when it doesn't count away from Mitch Trubisky, it's going to hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers when it does count. With that being said, in my article, I wrote that the Pittsburgh Steelers were not a team that will – what's the word I'm looking for? They're not going to sacrifice the potential outcome of a season uh, for to teach a rookie quarterback or have them sit. I believe if that quarterback is the best option for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers are going to move forward with their best option. And I think that's what they're trying to see at this point. you know, Kenny Pickett checked off the first uh, the first check mark that he needed to cross? he needed to go in and show that he can do the fundamentals, do the basics and run a basic offense, nothing too complex, nothing too crazy and show that you know he can be above the line amongst a setting where he should be above the line. He should he is the 20th overall pick, the first quarterback selected in the uh 2022 draft, he, playing amongst third stringers, he should shine. So he check marked that box the next one as Mike Tomlin alluded in his press conference it's time to see him in a more varsity setting see what he has I don't think that this means that Kenny Pickett may have taken over the second spot behind Mitch Trubisky and jumped Mason Rudolph Mike Tomlin just simply said he's new to the Pittsburgh Steelers and they want to evaluate him they know where Mason Rudolph is you know, even if Mason Rudolph were to have had a an amazing game, which I don't think he had a bad one, but let's just say he would have had one that was amazing above the line, scored multiple touchdowns during his uh, time on the field. I do not anticipate, given what Kenny Pickett did at the end of that game, that he would not be playing with the twos at this point. I think this is what was part of the plan to see if Kenny Pickett surpassed the first test, which was getting – through and shining with the threes then he was going to give the opportunity to be with the twos regardless of what any other quarterback did on the field that day now it feels like the future is now it feels like this kid potentially can take this opportunity and and move forward and pass mason rudolph and potentially even push Mitch Trubisky because at the end of the day, let's face it, what has Mitch Trubisky done recently and especially in a league um, built for what have you done for me recently where all he's done is back up um, Josh Allen for the last season and was in and out of the starting lineup the season prior with the Chicago Bears. I I don't believe that Mitch Trubisky has put out there enough to be handed the job. Now I do like I said I do think that it is his job to lose. I don't anticipate the Pittsburgh Steelers wanting to go into the AFC North defending champions house and on the road and 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 subject a rookie quarterback to a great defense that the Cincinnati Bengals do have or at least had last season. You know, the first, you know, home away games. For the Pittsburgh Steelers is two divisional games, one against the Cincinnati Bengals and the other one on a short week against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I understand that the Cleveland Browns are going to be handicapped without their um, quarterback, Deshaun Watson as he has been suspended for 11 games and he won't be participating in the first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I understand that they aren't going to be to full strength, so to speak, but it is still a short week. It's still against an NFL team. And I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to want to subject their rookie quarterback to such a uh, adverse situation, even though their coach loves players that laugh in the face of adversity. The following week against the uh, New York Jets coming up, on a mini-buy, so to speak, given the fact that they had a short week against the Browns. I honestly f- see that as the first opportunity for Kenny Pickett to start. I think that at that point he's had a full offseason, season, full training camp preseason, and basically a month in the regular season to prepare for regular games behind Mitchell Trubisky. In my opinion, that is the first time that we see Kenny Pickett or the first opportunity to see Kenny Pickett If Mitchell Trubisky is struggling or doing average, I feel that if the, uh, if the performance of Mitchell Trubisky on the field is about what the Steelers expect to get out of Kenny Pickett to be about the same, I think the Steelers go with the young guy, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is one thing that I've talked about a lot. They um, are creatures of habit. Coach Tomlin's a creature of habit. He's done things routinely the same. And in 2019, because the Pittsburgh Steelers were in contention of a playoff, um, you know, playoff run, he benched a first-round graded quarterback that they took in the third round of the season before Mason Rudolph for a undrafted uh, free agent rookie quarterback and Duck, Devlin Dodge, a uh, Duck Hodges, a quarterback who was a camp arm that season. He was a rookie. The development and the uh, experience to develop Mason Rudolph, somebody that the Pittsburgh Steelers saw as a potential heir to Ben Roethlisberger, they pulled him after having a few games that were a couple games that were poor and below the line. So I don't anticipate the Pittsburgh Steelers going away from that type of um, mentality. If the Steelers are in it and they're competitive, they're going to put on the field, the best players uh, that they feel are going to give them the best opportunity to win. That's why Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. He doesn't play for the for the draft pick the following year, so to speak. But, you know, speaking on Mason Rudolph and articles that I've written for Behind the Steel Curtain, I wrote another one. Not too long ago, I believe it was on the 6th. Referencing Mason Rudolph as the most hated man in Pittsburgh. And in the comment section, again, <laughs> I took a little bit of heat. However, I didn't mean that the, the fan base hate him, but he receives the most hate. And when he walks onto the field, onto the stadium, in the stadium, I'm sorry, and he's getting booed before taking a snap or even worse, getting booed when it wasn't for a play that wasn't his fault, when his left tackle is getting absolutely torched and causes a strip sack and he's getting absolutely booed, that is receiving hate. You know, I talked about him being the most hated man and, and gave out my reasons. And I, I highly recommend you guys go back and, and read those articles. Um, go to behind the steel your, your one-stop shop for, for Steelers news and coverage. and, and you'll find the Kenny Pickett article I wrote where I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers will give him every opportunity to be a starter. And also on uh, Mason Rudolph being the most hated man in Pittsburgh. Now, if you read the article and not just go based off the title, you'll see that I, I, for one, don't hate Mason. And I'm looking forward to him having a successful career, whether it's in Pittsburgh or or elsewhere. I think he's a good, solid kid. He stayed out of trouble and and he's tough. He's taken a beating physically and mentally. And 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 is still trying to uh, benefit this team in a positive way, and and be in a be in a position or a place to uh, to give victories for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though the fan base is pretty much turned on him. Now there's a lot of rumors going out that, that he should be traded, and as of Thursday night, he has not been. However, and Thursday night is when this was recorded. So, but however. Earlier on this week, Andrew Filippone tweeted out that a ex NFL GM had basically all but reported to him or stated that Mason Rudolph would be traded to the uh, Detroit Lions by the end of the week. Early, um, later on in the week, earlier this week, General Manager General Manager Omar Khan uh, was a guest on the Pat McAfee Show, and when he was asked about the possibility of a trade in the quarterback room, alluding to it being Mason Rudolph. Omar Khan's response was that he has no intention or the Steelers have no intention of trading any of the uh, quarterbacks in the room that they believe that the quarterbacks can contribute to the success of the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, a lot of folks and a lot of GMs are sorry. A lot of fans and a lot of talking media guys are saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers should trade Mason Rudolph for whatever they should get, that whatever they could get, whether it's a fifth round, a sixth round, and maybe even release him. What I don't understand about that is the fact that Mason Rudolph is is a cheap quarterback right now. He's a solid QB with a winning record in the NFL, and he is not in some kind of contract dispute. He's on a one-year contract deal that's inexpensive. And not one that the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot pay for. It would be smart to have him on the team, um, even if Kenny Pickett jumps him. You know, moving into the third, third as the third QB on the uh, on the roster isn't a bad thing. He can be in a situation where there's some type of COVID situation that comes out, and we need a quarterback to step in. We're not pulling somebody off the off the street, so to speak. We have a quarterback who knows the offense. Now, you know, everything has its price, so to speak. And when it comes to a price for Mason Rudolph, a lot of the media or the, you know, the talking heads and the, the fan base are all kind of alluding for a fifth or a sixth just because the Steelers got a fifth for, for Dobbs a season ago, or in 2019, I'm sorry. Now, the reason why I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might not – go for that if offered a fifth round pick is I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph, and even myself think that Mason is a starter capable quarterback in this league. Maybe not for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but for many of the teams that are out there, the Seattle Seahawks, the New York jets and their current situation, Mason Rudolph can step in and be an asset for those teams. Now, if he leaves next season, um, as a free agent, the following season, the Pittsburgh Steelers could potentially get a, a comp pick out of that, depending on how much he plays that following season. And and, and there are some other like rules and litigation that go along with that to determine um, which or what round of draft pick the Pittsburgh Steelers would get from him. But the possibility would be of one, maybe perhaps a fifth round or a fourth round draft pick, given the fact that, in my opinion, I think Mason Rudolph as a free agent is going to go and find himself in a position to compete for a starting job. And if he can find himself on the field as a starting quarterback in the NFL for a significant amount of time, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get a comp pick out of that. And if the Steelers are going to trade Mason Rudolph, it would have to be equivalent or better for that comp pick. Now, like, as I mentioned before, some of the things that are attractive about Mason Rudolph is that he's cheap and he's on his last year. He's not asking for a contract extension. So potentially some of these teams can come in and see Mason Rudolph as a possible um, solution for their team this year on a prove it type deal. And then if he does exceed or play better or above the line that what he's played with the Pittsburgh Steelers up to this point and they want to extend him, they can. And if he shows to be similar to what he has been, then the teams can let him go without having, you know, lost much more than a fourth or a third round pick. And I think that's what the asking price is going to be for Mason Rudolph, a third or a fourth round pick. I think that's where the conversation starts because as I mentioned before, he's not an expensive guy to keep on the, on the team. He's not a disgruntled guy. He's not brought drama to the, to the team. He's not brought um, negative off the field uh, attention to the team and to the players. He had the situation with Miles Garrett and the helmet and the potential, you know, accusations that Miles Garrett had claimed against him. But outside of that, Mason Rudolph has been a admirable player for the Pittsburgh Steelers it's not worth perhaps maybe what you could get from him later on. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we're going to talk about another player and a couple of other players, but another player more important, uh, focusing uh, on one player, so to speak, who is a little bit different than Mason Rudolph in the aspect where he's kind of put the attention on himself with some of the things that he has said this off season, you don't want to miss it. So please stay tuned. We'll take a quick break and I'll be right back. As fast as they can, away in cars to hey, look at that. You stayed. <laughs> well, welcome back. Thank you. This is part two of State of the Steelers. The future is now. And we're gonna be talking about a player who's kind of put himself in the wrong light, so to speak. But before we get into that, I just kind of want to remind you guys to go back and we've got so many other podcasts that come out throughout the week uh, referencing, covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have your Jess R- your Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, your Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis, and so much more. So wherever you find your podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast here, please give those guys a listen to as we give out a podcast every single day, sometimes more than one, we are your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. So, Devin Bush, Devin Bush, he's in the media once again. This time talking some craziness again. Yeah. When asked if you know he sees himself or this season as – maybe perhaps the last season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. uh, His response was one that was concerning. He stated something to the effect like, well, it's a business and we'll see, and I'm still going to be in the NFL. And a bunch of, you know, talk that isn't what you expect out of a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, when you listen to a bunch of these uh, or many of the players that come out and talk, whether it's in the press conference or or you know, on, on different podcasts that are, you know, when they're guests on different podcasts or whatnot, you hear Tomlinisms coming out. And that is because these guys are buying what Coach T is selling. You know, when you hear a player talk about the nameless gray faces or, you know, it's a five star matchup because we in it, things of that nature, those are all part of Mike Tomlin and what he is selling to his players. and When you hear Devin Bush talk about swimming in the comfort of his accomplishments, when he spoke earlier this year, talking about he is a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And that is something that you cannot take away from him. I don't like it. And now talking about, you know, the NFL being a business and, you know, he'll still be in the NFL next season, regardless if he's a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers or not. All that is, is telling me that he is swimming in the comfort of his accomplishments and the knowledge of him knowing that he has a backup plan, regardless of the Pittsburgh Steelers want to keep him or not. And that's not what Mike Tomlin preaches or sells. Mike Tomlin coaches, preaches, sells the exact opposite, not to swim in the comfort, not to seek the comfort of their accomplishments. And it's starting to make me question Devin Bush's heart. Is he in it? Does he love the game? And when you when you pair it up to some of the, uh, the film that's been out there, it's hard to not fall under that narrative or fall into that narrative that Devin Bush just doesn't want to be here anymore. It's coming to a point where I'm wondering, when you have players like Mika Fitzpatrick, who's buying into what Coach Tomlin is saying, yeah players like Najee harris who are trying to be an, the next leader on the de, uh, on the offense and you have cam hayward you know a staple point on the defense tj Watt, the reigning defensive player of the year devin bush was the green dot guy this past you know preseason game while he was in the game he was the leader of the defense do you want the leader of the defense not buying what the coach is selling It's going to come down to a point where Devin Bush could be a distraction. Could be a toxic player in the locker room. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to do something special every single year. But this year is the year they're trying to do it all. Just like they do that every single year, of course. But when you have somebody in such a pivotal position having such a weak mindset, it's concerning. It's concerning about as becoming a distraction. Are the other players now going to have to answer questions because of Devin Bush's comments and his play on the field? You know, he's had the excuse that last season Tyson Oluwalu went down. uh, There was no – the run defense up front was poor. Last exhibition game – the excuse was out there that again, Larry Ogunjobi was out, Cam Hayward wasn't in, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith were out. Miles Jack was in there and he he seemed to play just fine. I am extremely concerned with Devin Bush and his, you know, his plays, performance, the statements that he's making. This upcoming game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Larry Ogunjobi is not going to be playing. Cam Hayward had an ankle rolled up in practice earlier this week, so I highly doubt he's going to be playing. Martavius Adams has been dealing with an ankle. He probably won't be playing. Alex Highsmith hasn't come back since dealing with a rib injury. I highly doubt he'll be playing. Now, Coach Tomlin said anybody that is healthy will be likely to play in this game. So I anticipate potentially T.J. Watt making his presence known on the defense for at least one series and probably only one series. So Devin Bush will have T.J. Watt in front of him for for, for a series. But outside of that, he's going to be behind a defensive line that is not one that is expected to be our starting defensive line uh, this upcoming season. And he's going to have to play above his line to make up for the inabilities of the defensive line in front of him. Now, winning cures a lot. So, if Devin Bush can get out on the field and with his play, cause some victories by causing some splash plays, making some tackles, putting his face in the pile, so to speak, then of course, all will be forgotten and forgiven. But to have these type of comments after performance that he's had, it is way too concerning for me. There's been a lot of talk that maybe perhaps the Pittsburgh Steelers should go out there for a uh, do a, a different middle linebacker, potentially trade for uh, Roquan Smith, of the Chicago Bears, who has recently shown his displeasure, displeasurement for being with the Chicago Bears and has requested a trade. I think that if Smith could find himself on the Pittsburgh Steelers, that would be amazing. Um, I don't know what the Pittsburgh Steelers would have to give up to get Smith. Um, Perhaps, you know, for those that are thinking that the Steelers should trade Devin Bush, you know, well, the Steelers don't want him. The Steelers see the uh, disruptive behavior that he or, or comments at least that he's making and the lack of performance on the field I'm pretty sure the majority of the teams in the NFL that would be willing to trade for him are seeing that as well, and might take advantage of a first-year GM or try to at least, and offer something that's ridiculous for him. Yeah, Omar Khan said as much as uh, as much as so as far as general managers in the league trying to see what they can do with him is when he was made his appearance on the Pat for show. He made. He, hid no, he kept it no secret that GMs were testing him, and rightfully so. They're going to they're gonna check him out. They're going to see what he got. This is his first year there. They want to see what buttons they can push and how far they can get away with things. But with that being said, I'm not sure he can get anything much for Devin Bush. The only thing he has going for him right now is the pedigree that he was a top-10 pick in the draft uh, several years ago. His performance – Post-injury hasn't been up to snuff. And these comments in the off-the-field um, Twitter things that he's posted out last season are concerning. And I'm sure these teams are seeing that and aren't going to give up much for Devin Bush. But with that being said, what I'm looking for also in this game, uh, when it comes to the defense, that's a concern of mine is the outside linebacker position. Uh, I believe T.J. Watt's probably going to make his Steelers 2022 debut this preseason game. However, I don't anticipate him playing much. Uh, Derek Tuska's been filling in for Alex Highsmith. Jannard Avery should be making a return this uh, for this game, so it would be exciting to see what he can do on the outside. As I believe that Derek Tuska and Jannard Avery are going to be our, our answer at the third um, outside linebacker position unless the Pittsburgh Steelers make some kind of splash move after cuts, you know, think back to a a Joe Hayden style uh, move where maybe somebody out there releases an edge rusher or outside linebacker. That's um, not anticipated. And the Pittsburgh Steelers can get in there and swoop one up because I think that that's going to be a big hole for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This upcoming season, Uh, TJ Watt, checks himself out of games when he does not uh, does not maintain a certain performance level. He is an elite high-performance athlete and, and gives his all 100% of the time, and once he drops down below a certain level, he taps himself out of the game. That's going to leave some significant defensive snaps for a third outside linebacker, and I am concerned with who is on the depth chart. But like I said before, I think that this uh, roster for the 2022 season isn't yet complete. And I think that an outside linebacker is definitely something on the list to to grab before the start of the regular season. Now, so the last thing I want to leave you guys as far as um, what our topic is is, which is the future is – is here or now. And I want to leave you guys on a good note, too. And that's with the emergence of one George Pickens. What a performance. What a performance, indeed. Uh, He showed his ability to catch the ball with his hands, great body control, toe-tapping in the end zone, which, guys, by the way, that was an amazing throw by Mason Rudolph. I believe Next Gen Stats put it out there as it had less than like a seven percent chance of completion, and would have been ranked uh, like around the sixth of most improbable throws and catches out of the 2021 season. It was an incredible throw and incredible catch. Uh, bravo, uh, George Pickens deserves a lot of credit for being able to maintain his feet in bounds and, and catch that ball. But the the ball, the pass itself, should get some credit. It was it was a great play all around. But outside of that, he's already showing his physicality and the blocking, his ability to keep his body in bounds, not just on the touchdown pass, but he had another one where he was twirling around like a ballerina on the sideline and managed to make a first down catch. I believe it was Mason Rudolph that threw him the ball as well. I'm excited to see him with the ones with Deontay Johnson on the other side with Claypool in the slot. And I'm excited to see what kind of – Openings can come for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Pat Fryermuth as well. When you see, like, for instance, the Gunnar Ochesky uh, touchdown pass, you had the uh, cornerback and the safety and I believe it was a linebacker as well. Maybe it was a slot corner. All kind of keying in on George Pickens kind of watching him. And he's already doing that in a preseason game without. Any type of formal game planning against him come the regular season, he's going to really make defenses focus on him. And that's going to leave the opportunities for great plays or big plays for Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryer, even Najee Harris out of the backfield. You know, I, I truly believe that George Pickens is going to make defenses play a different way than what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been played against here recently. You know, with a quarterback that wasn't so mobile and, and had a declining arm, defenses weren't respecting a, a double move or or deep down the field plays. Uh, they were anticipating the short pass game and and played the Pittsburgh Steelers as such. And it really also put a damper on the running game. You know, with George Pickens, in my opinion, they're going to have to respect the deep throw and that's going to give an ample opportunity for Najee Harris to eat on the running game. It's really going to be a pick your poison type of situation with this offense. And it's all going to boil down to the gameplay of the, uh, of the quarterback. And I'm excited to see how this turns out. I believe that this game tonight is going to be the tune-up game where you see the majority of the starters play. And I'm excited to see Kenny Pickett amongst varsity or more varsity Uh Opponents, but George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, that Pickens, that Pickett to Pickens connection is going to be real and I'm excited to hear more of it. Uh, The future is here, guys. This is what we've been waiting for. Uh, This is the team that I believe that's going to be uh, making a push in the AFC North and the AFC for years to come, in my opinion. With that being said, guys, that's all I have for you today. If you would like to have any comments or or questions for the show, you can reach me at Twitter. My Twitter handle is at State of Steelers. I also do a uh, daily segment of Steelers news and coverage on my YouTube channel. Just search up State of the Steelers, and you can find me there. Uh, With that being said, guys, I appreciate all of you guys coming on board and listening to me. I look forward to uh, tonight's game and seeing what – all these new stars are going to do in this lineup. With that being said, guys, I'm Daniel J. This is State of the Steelers, and we'll see you next week. Peace. (laughs)